Welcome to In The Moment Live. I am Janine Rotter. I've spent the past decade educating clients through my one-on-one personal coaching programs and online nutrition courses. My work has been published in health and fitness articles, Oxygen Magazine, and many Arizona-based media outlets. Today, I am empowering women to live their best lives in the moment. Each week, you will find me here with an exciting new guest or solo where no topic is off limits, bringing unique life experiences to the table live and in the moment. Meet with me every week for in-depth hot topic sessions where no topic is too taboo. In the moment live, we talk about health and wellness, sexuality, intimacy, and spirituality, and how they all connect together for the most powerful and meaningful life. I encourage you to join us during our live sessions and to submit your topic ideas for a chance at it being the main topic in the moment, plus the opportunity for you to be coached by me live one-on-one. This is In The Moment. We are live. Yeah. Erica, welcome to In The Moment. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was honored to be asked. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. It's um, you and I became friends. I was writing it down and I'm like, it's been four years, maybe five coming on five yeah. and we met at freedom fitness. You, our encounters were so brief. Remember we would be in the bathroom and um, <laughs> you were prepping for a comp, your first yep. comp. I believe. Yeah. And I remember the diet was brutal. And I was like, Oh my God, you have to be careful. And, you know, we would just talk and chat in the bathroom. And, um, so yeah, I was reminiscing that. And then, um, how I'd kick your ass and spin and then you'd kick my ass and, uh, your core, <laughs> your core camps. Yeah. But we yeah, saw each other all the time and now we don't see each other and it's, it's hard. Know. I know the winds of change came. You would hand me my ass and spin like, oh my God, Jindy. <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, I love that class. So uh, um, I met a lot of incredible people through fitness. That's why it's just so near and dear. I just met, still remain friends with a lot of them today. And, well, and uh, what I love about it is you meet some really quality people mm-hmm. and you meet some crazy ass people. And that is what I love about the book is how you, well, we're going to really dive into it, but I love how you really talk about cutting people out of your life and for health reasons. And mm-hmm. we had some questions come in for you um, that were emailed to me, but um, I know one was particularly on that, but you know, today we're diving deep on your book and awesome. how I beat self sabotage and how you can too. And there are so many delicious quotes in this book. I was just like, holy shit, I going to quote a lot today because I think it's so powerful. I don't want to give away too many details because we want people to go out and buy the book. And, but can you believe it was 10 years ago that you wrote this? Wow. So the timing of this podcast hitting like the 10 year anniversary is that's mighty divine. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was the scariest thing ever because you put yourself out there writing a book, you know, like you're on the cover and trying to help others. So it it, it was terrifying. But, you know, a decade later, I'm still getting feedback. I read your book again. 
thank you for this. Thank you for that. The quotes, you know, still pulling from the circle and yeah. what you want to have in the circle and maybe what shouldn't be in the circle anymore. Um, and then chunk it down really resonates with people too. You know, they have a big goal or project or whatever it may be, and it can be too overwhelming. And that's where procrastination could come in the sabotage, you know, the sabotage and all that. So yeah, I, I can't believe like all that time's gone by from start to, to here. It's, it's been, it's been quite the road, quite the journey. Well, it's so cool. As I was trying to think of the name, I was asking Frank and I, I came across the name because I had to Google it, but it was like, when you write a book, right? There's so many things that come into your life. It's been 10 years. So I'm going to touch on that toward the end, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as, you know, actually, no, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it on you and um, <laughs> let you answer in the moment, Boom. girl. That's why we're here. <laughs> So, like I said, there's so many wonderful quotes and the right out of the gate, you say, slow down, right? Um, I'm going to quote this and I wrote it down because I um, won't get it wrong. All right. So I won't get it wrong and I can't see to read the book. So I don't want to put my glasses on. So I'd like to ask you for a favor before you start reading this book, take your time. One of the drums that I seem to be beating more and more these days as of slowing down. The pace of this world drives me crazy sometimes. We live in a microwave, instant message, hurry it up world. It seems like we are trying to get through whatever we are doing faster and faster so we can quickly get on to the next thing. You tell the reader and the listeners live today and um, in the replay as you embark on this journey of beating self-sabotage, it's important to take your time. As you read through this book, take your time. There is no doubt you could get through it in one or two settings, but it's not a race. There are a wealth of joy and some of the smallest things that we pass by a breakneck speeds throughout the day. Thank you for taking the time to share this one with me. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So we, we forget, you know, people, me included, go on a journey of personal development, growth. We get the books, we do all the things, but because, you know, maybe in a lot of ways it's trendy or what have you, we don't absorb what we're reading or what we're trying to do because the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. We're in a very fast-paced society. And even faster now than it was 10 years ago. I mean, now it's just like, you blink it. I mean, and it's insane. It's literally insane. And it does drive me insane. It makes me just, sometimes you just want to grab people like, stop! <laughs> you know, just literally stop and smell the roses. And the book is simple. It's just a simple... There's not a lot of fluff. There's not a lot of pictures. I mean, it's just what helped me and I wanted to share with others. So just, I wanted to put that reminder in there, like take a breath, read it as many times as you need to read it. It's not a one and done. And just take in everything. You know, if it takes you a month to read it, that's fine. If you need to reread chapters, reread sentences, exactly, that's exactly the point. And well, just- What I love about it, sorry to interrupt, but what I no, love about it, is how you did it in the beginning of the book. You laid it out immediately, right? Because so many times 
you dive in and you're like, oh my gosh, this is good. It's, I want to finish it. And then you get that at the end of the book, right? right? And you're like, slow down because so many times people do think it's a race. I only have a certain amount of time to finish this book. I've got, you know, I've got deadlines to meet, but I want to squeeze this book. In. And I love that you just laid it out right out of the gate yep. and told the reader to slow down and it really helped me reading the book because it's like, right, I want to be able to take all of this information in that you're giving and not make it be a rush. And I just love that you set it up front. And that's mm -hmm. how people are going to be successful is when they're given the knowledge up front and not at the end. So thank you for giving that at the beginning of the book. Just so setting people up for success was the, the thought behind that. Because like you said, it's always at the end. Like the meat and potatoes is at the end. It's like, well, I just want to tell them out the gate here, you know, this is what you should hopefully get out of it or try to do as you, as you read. Yeah. Was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so self-sabotage, right? You yeah. and I've talked about it so many times. There's so much shit out there in this world today. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive into social media and how that has really um, been a detriment to us and like yeah. slowing it down. I know you know, with Instagram and doing ads and all that, I mean, the algorithms have changed so much and they're, they're, the research is showing that people's, um, people's response, uh, people's, uh, when they're, they're, hello, attention span okay. sure. is 10 seconds, mm -hmm. right? So a reel used to be 30 seconds, right? But they're saying, I mean, I know that Instagram just came out and I think they're allowing 90 seconds, but they're mm -hmm. saying most people, they're just flip, 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 flip. 10 seconds is all you've got them to say what you have to sell or what you have to say. Yep. Obviously, if you have a true person following, you know, who's really engaged in, in the message that you're sending, they're going to be engaged for a longer amount of time. But that just goes to show you how fast paced society has become 10 seconds, really, right? So who is it's really down and reading a book? Hopefully yeah. that comes back, but self-sabotage, it is daily practice. It's daily work and we all have it. And I think that's so important to the viewers today and listening on the replay is every single person has it, you know, mm -hmm. from any movie star or anybody that they look up to, we all have self-sabotage. We wake up every single day, that saboteur kicks in and they say something that's not true and it mind fucks us. So yeah. um, let's dive into what is self-sabotage. Another quote that you wrote is self-sabotage is a behavior often in the form of an inner monologue that ultimately interferes with the goals and dreams. The key word to hone in on is interferes. Mm -hmm. Self-sabotage doesn't have the power on its own to eliminate or e erase our goals and dreams. It only interferes with our reaching them. That's an awesome thought if you think about it, because the power to reach our goals and realize our dreams is truly solely ours. Right. Right. A big one, probably for every human walking around, I'm the, the reigning queen is procrastination, you know, analyze analysis to paralysis and just don't make a move towards anything. And 
I mean, just, uh, I still suffer with it. I'm still like dealing with it every single day and working through it. I'm in the middle of a move and just like procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Cause it seemed like such a huge task, you know, but it's just back to the chapter, chunk it down just one step at a time, yep. any goal. Once you start to move forward towards the goal, it takes that anxiety away. You know, it all starts to make sense. You just have to move. There's no perfect time to wait. There's no perfect time to start. It's just start. Um, a lot of it too, you know, self-doubt. I can't, I don't know. Imposter syndrome. Who am I? Uh, writing the book, advising people to this day. I, you know, who am I? I mean, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. That's a, that's a huge monster. It's just a monster, but it's, it's lying to you, you know? Um, well, and we wake up every single day with a different person, right? We're, yeah. we're energy that rejuvenates and rebuilds every single day. And the, who am I question changes every single day, right? We could wake up in the morning with the, who am I and get that direct answer, but by lunchtime, dinner time, the, who am I changes and I think, like you said, slowing it down, chunking it out is so important because you're a different person throughout the day, for sure. Throughout our lifetime, we live many lives. And um, what I absolutely love is that that quote is that we all get hijacked every day, right? And that our own thoughts derail us. Um, people say things that derail us. Yep. And even sometimes it's the people we love. And um, you know, I, we have something coming in that says, I find my sabotage comes from what others have told me or said to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, I just want to share with you that that happens to everybody. And that's, that's a question or it's, it's a comment that just came in and it happens to everybody. And that's what we're here today is Erica has done the work, you know, I've done the work and we're here to empower women and teach yeah. women that we are all equal. We all have these negative thoughts and the sabotage, you know, what I learned in life coaching school is to name the sabotage is very, very powerful, right? Cause then you give it a name and that name can change because they come in different forms, but naming it, telling it to fuck off when needed. Yeah. And yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So I, I just, I love that you know, it does, it interferes with our dreams only if we let it. And That's right. um, the other thing is quote, when the fog lifted, I was finally able to stop looking at myself through the veil of self-sabotaging thoughts, behaviors. And I started seeing my true self. Yeah. Yeah. And embracing it. And it is who you are. You know, you are that person. You're not. A lot of the comments can come from your support circle. You know, like people that that's a huge saboteur is a comment can come and you're like, whoa, you know, just not you. big time because, you know, this person could be in your life for many years, a friend, your own family member. Um, the unexpected, yeah. you know, so that's where. I started to adopt what is this doing for me, this experience, instead of what is it doing to me? Right. It's it's tough because it's like, you know, this could be a long-term friend. It could be a family member. So 
after you work through that shock, um, that's when you can start to, you know, see it through the lens of, okay, what is this doing for me? Maybe um, it's time to, you know, with love, just walk away from this support. And, you know, there's, there's more support coming, close that door. There's another door opening. Um, but sometimes through really difficult experiences, we, we start to realize that. Yeah, for sure. When I read that, you know, obviously that, that came much later than when you, um, you mentioned when I read that and I was like, wow, that is so powerful. I envisioned you in that wedding dress shop, 50 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. and what you were feeling at that time. And my heart melted thinking that, right, we've all been there and all let our body weight, our skin issues, anything get us down and that you can be saved, right? Minute by minute. And, um, I just wanted to say that it took a lot for you to write this book. And I want to say thank you because you're saving lives and you're changing mindsets. And that's so powerful. Thank Um, you. Yeah. So quote, the strategy used to keep me close and to keep me safe from the world was to make me so afraid of it that I wouldn't dare want to venture a closer look. So now that you've had 10 years to reflect back and live an entirely new life, right? Yeah. You're a completely different person today than you were. I'm assuming the book published 10 years ago, right? So, yep. so how long did it take you to write that book? Right. So given that amount of time, what comes up for you today when I read that out loud to you? What, what is that when the strategy used to keep me close and to keep me safe from the world was to make me so afraid of it that I wouldn't dare want to venture a closer look? Sure, man. Um, so yeah, I published 10 years ago. So I was 10 years younger. I won't say how old I am. I'm just kidding. But uh, so I wasn't even, I wasn't 30 yet when I started writing it just a totally different human back then to now. I mean, I just was, I I was scared of basically my own shadow. I mean, I wouldn't try anything. I just didn't think, I literally didn't think I could do anything. I just, my self-confidence was not there at all. Mm-hmm. And how I was raised it was to keep the kids safe. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, just, just keep them at home. Well, that's detrimental because you don't develop the confidence to try and to see if you can do it or see if you can't do it. That's a confidence builder. You know, I didn't realize that. I just thought, well, that's my parents just, you know, they're strict and just, you know, helicopter parents and just keep them safe at home and that's it. Um, but then as you get to adulting age, you don't do anything. You're too scary. The world's too scary. Now it's just, and it's funny, you know, I got into fitness. Uh, my first show, I was 35 when I competed for the first time. 
that's when I was like, I can do anything. If I can do this, I can do anything. I mean, you go from, I think, starting prep to walking on stage, I was like a 42-pound weight loss. So you go from haven't moved in four years to, you know, walking on stage. I mean, I literally felt like Shira and that's really empowering for females. And I know males too, but that's when that thought was really honed in. Like I can, I can do anything if, I mean, you know, so now, you know, it's not so scary to try things. The confidence is there. Um, And just embracing who you are as a person. So from 10 years to now, I mean, I'm, I'm a totally different, very different human right? than when the book published. And I felt pretty okay confidence back then. I mean, publishing this was just terrifying. Yeah. And oh, I didn't yeah. want to tell anybody. I was like, I can't. What? Who's going to read it? You yeah. know? Um, who's going to care? Yeah. Who's, who's going to care? This is just kind of a passion project. And I'll just, you know, it's something that's yeah I feedback has been completely opposite of what I thought it would be and that was a confidence booster too and just still getting feedback of the positive impact and it's like you know I I did that and people are people are feeling from reading the book I did this or I did that or what however small or big it is from reading it so putting myself out there has helped other put the, put themselves out there as well. And that's huge. I mean, that's just a, a gift that keeps on giving just a big blessing from writing the book and sharing it. So what you're saying is the saboteur kicked in when you published the book. So oh, what, yeah. what were, what was going on? Who, what were they saying? Just, well, so quote family, why are you writing a book? Uh, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You know, doubt kind of feeding my, well, who, who, who are you like an author? What, you know, and I wasn't expecting to be like a Daniel Steele level, just a multi-million selling, you know, but people had asked me these same questions over the years. So I wanted to put my experiences together in a book. What helped me? And it was that simple and then just share. And that was it. But you know, some close friends too. What, why are you doing that? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. So many people give opinions and how so many of these opinions are negative. Mm -hmm. It, It blows my mind that you can't literally say, God, that's amazing. I wish you well. I mean, granted, I'm sure some people in your life said that, but it's like, and that's the inner circle that we talk about that we say, okay, are these people truly good for us? If they Mm -hmm. can't support me on this, because one, why do they care? It's not, you're not asking them for money to publish the book. You're not right. But (laughs) that's one thing that really starts and creates the saboteurs in our mind. And these things that we always hear is other people's comments from our past, right? From our childhood, Mm -hmm. our adolescence, our adult life is these words have burned us and scarred us. So we build this protection wall and we say, you know, so that voice says, I've done this. I've heard this before. 
I'm going to protect you and I'm going to stop you from publishing that book. And this isn't correct because you're not going to sell books. You're not going to, you know, so all of these things just start playing in our mind because it's trying to protect us from pain. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people don't realize is their past words that have been said to us. And our inner voice is trying to protect us from harm and hurt Mm -hmm. and pain that was caused in the past. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how, um, sorry, I just, we just had another comment come in. How do I stop people from hurting me? Um, (laughs) remember the, I'll say I've asked myself this question a million times too. And I used to have this wall up and I thought, well, just don't let anybody in. Well, that's very lonely. Then you get really good at that. Yeah. Yeah, We build those heart walls and again, for protection. And, you know, all I can say is that recognize who's saying it and condition yourself to realize, are they important? And in my life and can I live without them and can I set them free? Because so many times it's family, right? Mm -hmm. And you hear that same one thicker than water. And I I think we talked about this at lunch that day and it's like bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, some of my best friends that are not blood are closer than family. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to set healthy boundaries. So yeah. Okay. So now, they're asking how do you set healthy boundaries? So yeah, we're getting side off track. That will be coming up next month, you guys, um, on how to set healthy boundaries. But yeah. um, I want to get back to this. Um, is okay. This was so good because with my background in nutrition, and I've coached so many people that have come directly from doctor's office visits. That I wanted to ask you. You said in the book that the doctor told you you were approaching morbid obesity. Yeah. What advice, if any, did that medical doctor give you? Or did she she give you on your way? She was like the best. That was Dr. McLive in Michigan. She's the best doctor I've had, hands down. Nice. I I think she's retired, but she, she was the very best. And she just said, you know, you did just... She first put implanted the thought, chunk it down. She's like the OG that first put that thought in my head. And I was 26. I had high blood pressure. I'll never forget. Because when she said that, and she was saying all these things that were starting to go on with me, I literally looked around the room like, who are you talking to? Because you're not talking to me. Yeah. I don't. I'm Someone else 30. just walked in here because I feel good. I feel great. I'm not 30. What are you doing? And, uh. When she was talking to me, she was purposely, she kept talking to me to get my blood pressure to come down mm. because they weren't sure if I had to go to ER or if it would come down on its own. That's how high it was. Oh so when it finally came down, that's when she told me like your blood pressure was really high and we didn't know if we we're going to have to, you know, admit you or you can go home on your own because we don't want you behind the wheel and, you know, you know something happens because your blood pressure is too high. So that scared the shit out of me. I mean, just, and she just said, just start, just start moving, just start eating healthier. This is your warning shot. You know, now she said, start eating healthier. Did she give you direction? 
Or did you have no. to find I had been seeing P90X infomercials on TV. Okay, I, that's a question because I you didn't mention <laughs> it in the book. So no. I'm like, oh, you have to tell me because yeah. I know a lot of readers are going to say, what was it? So we're going to touch on that in a minute. Yep. Sure. But sure. my main takeaway for that question is so mm-hmm. many listeners, they've been in your situation, right? They've been mm-hmm. at the doctor and so many doctors say, hey, this is the diagnosis. Good luck to you. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I was able to take on these clients and help them. And um, I was just curious to know, you know, because you said in the book that your husband at the time gave you a meal plan and he was a, yep. a key inspiration in helping you. But yeah. I, I just want people to know that medical doctors typically don't guide you. Um, they don't have but like 20 hours of nutrition, um, education. So they really don't know. And I wish that would change. I was, you know, during COVID and that, right. I mean, it was truly, there was no education on, Hey, you know, we wouldn't be as sick as we are as a country if we would just eat right and exercise. So they've really missed the mark on that with our medical doctors, because people aren't getting, getting the information from the primaries is who they see, right. They don't have, funds and the means to go out and hire personal trainers and nutrition coaches and dietitians. So like you, they, they figured it out. They hopefully they will be like you read your book and figure it out. But, Mm -hmm. um, you decided, you said you decided to fight, right. And that's the hard that you fought. I know you fought because you got you got the DVD, you got yeah. the meal plan, you put in yeah. the work. But my yeah. question to you is, did ever those voices in your head say it would be easier to have gastric bypass, it would be easier to have liposuction, it would be easier to pop the pill, and mm-hmm. it would be a lot easier to do an extreme fad diet? Every day. Every day. Every day. Like, why am I doing I can't do this. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't do a push-up. I had like no, you know, I was so out of sports at that time and just I zero conditioning. So every day was I could just have surgery or I took diet pills before P90X. I mean, starved, you know, the whole thing. Like what's easier than just this is your lifestyle now and this is this is just your life now, you know. Um, so that was that that was a big fight was getting into weight loss and getting healthy. And I think that's where the medical doctors are missing the mark. I, I wish that had she given you that diagnosis, right. That Mm -hmm. she would have said, because her intentions were good. Right. But she doesn't have the time to say, let me sit down and teach you nutrition because it's, it's a process. So had, have she, or if they would I'm going to, you know, let's go into this consultation room. This nutrition expert is going to come in and we're going to set you up that that's where they're really missing the mark is Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for people like you out there writing books. And if it wasn't for PX 90, and if it wasn't for all of these amazing, if it wasn't for Instagram and social media, we love and hate it. But if it wasn't for that, right. All people know are the Jenny Craig commercials and the um, all of these weight loss meal plans that are high in sodium and processed foods and right. 
it gets the weight off, but it's not teaching them a healthy lifestyle. So I just think as, as a society, we're really missing the mark on from that primary care physician, they need to have more guidance because mm-hmm. she sent you out the door and said, good luck. Yeah. And God, you were the fighter. And you said, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And you did. And you wrote a book and that that's why you're here today in the moment is so we can empower other women going through this, not only with weight loss, but just in life. Um, Okay. You answer the, that was my next question is the DVD. Yeah. Yep. Are they PX 90? I, I, I think you can find it on Amazon. I still have, I still have P90X. So I started like what, four, 14 years ago. I wow, started I it. I wonder if they have an updated version. I don't think he did. I don't think okay. Tony Horton. No. Cause they had P90X, P90X two. And then he like walked away from Beachbody. Like five or six years ago, he's like on his own now. Uh, but those workouts to this day, they're still legit. That's still the hardest yoga DVD I've ever done. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! Is I mean hot yoga stuff, but that's a tough yoga DVD. That's a tough workout. That is a tough workout. Yeah. Well, and I yep. love that you said just ten minutes. Right, all it takes is ten minutes. Yep. You know, is. 10 turns into 15, 15 turns into 20, 20 turns into 30. And by the time you know it, you've finished that 45 minute session yep. and it it's just step-by-step step, chunk by chunk. And yep. you, you listen to the body, you thank it. Right. Cause like you said, you couldn't even do a push up, but mm-mm. it's amazing how fast we can train the body and we can train the mind if we yep. just keep at it. Right. It, yep. It's, it's amazing how well our bodies respond. And, mm-hmm. and we have to remember that we feel so good, right? It's so hard to get to the gym because we wake up and we're sore from the workout that we just did that we couldn't even finish 10 minutes of, right? So the next yep. day, you're like, why am I going to endure that pain again? But you have to remember how good it felt to just do the 10 minutes and yeah. the endorphins that kick in and we are, you don't, rem, you, if you, if you think about not starting, but you have to remember how good you felt after you were finished. And that's, yeah. what's so important is you just, you just have to move. You have to get up, you do it. And you remember how great you felt when you did it. And you know that that's the goal. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's five minutes at a time. I mean, it's a mental game too, right? So whatever is just going to incrementally get you through. I mean, and sometimes it's a fight like today on the stair mill, I had to take it five minutes at a time. So I'm like, Oh my God, my legs are just gassing right now. But, um, yeah, I, five minutes, 10 minutes at a time, just, okay. I made it through the first 10 minutes, pause it, take a sip of water, unpause next 10 minutes. And then, like you said, the workout's done, but just however you can just make it through. And just know that you can do it. That's literally it. When, if you don't listen to your body, even seasoned athletes, right? That's where mm-hmm. you push yourself to extremes and that's where you do damage. You know, yeah. so if you listen to the body, you respect the body, you respect the pain, you, you're going to grow from it. But as soon as we don't listen and we push ourselves, that's when we're pulling hamstrings and we're, you know, doing major damage that's going to end up in the surgery or, 
you know, it's going to put us out for months at a time. But the other thing that you said in the book is the pictures, right? Is Mm -hmm. it's so hard to take those before pictures. It's so hard, but it's so important because you truly don't see the results looking in the mirror that you see when you see those photos and you touch on that and it it's so hard. No one has to see them, but you, right. Mm-hmm. Set your phone up. You can take the photos yourself or, you know, someone you trust takes them, but it's so important to take those photos because like you said, it was, I can't remember the time frame off my head, but the transformation that you had with taking those photos, you, you would not have recognized that when you looked in the mirror because correct me if I'm wrong, but when you look in the mirror, you just, we see the flaws, right? We, we see see the story that we created. And um, I think it's such an important thing. And I'm glad that you touched on it is the importance of taking the photos because so many people have a hard time looking at themselves and, but you truly don't know the difference until you see the pictures. Yep. Week after week. Yeah. Yeah. The first ones are sobering for sure. Uh, but then, you know, week two, week six, week eight, and then comparison. Then when you see the results, you know, and then the compliments start to come like, wow, you know, have you been working out? You look really good. And you're like, really? You know, cause we see ourselves every day. And like you said, the story we tell ourselves, but then once that external, um, I don't want to say validation, but the compliments come, you're like, wow. And that's what really can just that motivator right there. Like, okay. It's so true. I mean, we lose five or 10 pounds and we may not see it, but the other people will see it first. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a fine line too, right? Because it's okay. We live in a society that it's like, you're afraid to compliment people like, oh my gosh, you've lost weight. Right. Because it's almost like, well, are they trying to lose weight or, you know what I mean? So it just seems like we're living in a hypersensitive world, but if people don't compliment and tell other people how good they look, and it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate that we find ourselves only complimenting people, not myself, but some people will only compliment on weight loss or weight gain. Oh my God, you've gained weight or, oh my God, you've lost weight instead of saying you look so beautiful today, or I love that dress or something. Right. So it's, it's, um, very interesting how compliments play out, but it's so important to get them. And that's one takeaway today is compliment. You know, we have to start loving our bodies for what they are in that time. And in the moment and really just give show love to other women. Yeah. You never told me you won. The competition. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. <laughs> I thought I did. Yeah, my second wow. one I won it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was uh I competed. So Terry Jones and I, we prepped for that show together. Oh, wait, and no, that... I'm talking about I thought the book said that you won the PX90. Oh, the ten thousand dollar, yeah, transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I entered it and I was like, well, let me just see if you know, and they gave me a call. Like you oh want, and they flew, I flew out to California. I was in a hip hop abs commercial infomercial. Oh yeah. And one, it was 10 grand. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that was, 
you lost 50 pounds. Yeah. That was a 50 pound weight loss. Yep. Yeah. You that so, video? uh, of the infomercial hip hop apps, yeah. I can find it on YouTube and I'll send oh it to you. God. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. what year was that? That was 2009. Nice. Yeah. That was 2000, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Yep. Because 2007, I started it. 2008, the weight was off. Yeah, 2009. Yep. So that had to have been right. That was like the holy grail, holy shit moment. Like, yeah, I have arrived. Is that what gave you the taste for competition then? Yeah, it was like, okay. You know, like that was a little taste right there. Like Mm -hmm. I can like, you know, prep and get in shape and all that. And then uh, I really didn't go after until moving to Arizona, you know, but, uh, that was the first little like, Hmm. Okay. And then I just got obsessed with, you know, fitness and open doors to the turbo jam workouts. And then I found out you could teach it and I got into teaching. Yeah. Yep. I know you talked about that too, about the, the, um, I, I, I wrote that down, but it's how right you, um, I think it's a couple pages back, but it was like how you, slept in and you slept on that. And you know, that because it's scary to be an instructor, it's scary to teach a class one-on-one clients. Okay. Still nerve wracking, but you know, getting in that class situation and being an instructor and you and I have talked, we're both introverts Mm -hmm. and it's funny how you have to bring out an alter ego, right? I mean, yeah. Being an instructor it's definitely not the personality that we're sitting at home talking to our husbands with, right? <laughs> oh, it's a different person. Class and doing your classes. It was, it was, I mean, yeah, you see a completely different person than the Erica I sit down and have lunch with. So yeah, for sure you have to, you have to bring it, but that's, what's fun. That's, what's fun about alter egos and um, pretending because they bring out the good in us. Yeah, they do. They really do. I've had friends just over the years take classes and they're like, you're a different person when you teach. Like, who is this other? <laughs> like, I love it. And you just, I can just, I can turn it on and just as easy as I can turn it off. Yeah. But I literally loved it and it just came out that just my love for it just came out when I taught. But it is terrifying when you start teaching. That is yeah. so scary, but worth it's, it. Teaching is an adrenaline rush far beyond going to the gym solo. And we feel great afterward, but when you're teaching a class and you are inspiring others to be better and do better, it's liberating. It is just like the most amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how you and I both got away from that. Cause I do miss it. I, um, I miss it. But that's yeah. what I'm doing. I do too. I tell people I'm retired from it. Like, cause I retired once and then I met Terry and she got me back into it. And so that's when I came to Freedom Fitness Troon. But now I'm I'm done. <laughs> I miss it, but I'm 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 pretty done. I, w- I don't think I you know what? I think it's in your blood. And mm-hmm. I think that um I would say that it's not done. I see you <laughs> the retirement age. Yeah, I do. I think that um, 
Yeah, because it's in our blood, right? So you're going to be mm-hmm. doing something. It's either going to be writing a book or there's going to be some form of coaching that you're going to tap back into because it's in our blood to be teachers and to be healers. And not many people are given that gift. And yeah. You only have that gift. Thank you. I appreciate that. I loved it. I love it. I mean, yeah, I'll still answer fitness questions. I have a Facebook group, Healthy Living, and still active in that. And oh, just, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's, there's ways that it pulls at me, like, come back, Erica, just come back. But yeah, TBD, to be determined. We'll see. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so when it comes to setting and push pursuing goals or realizing dreams, the objective is to overcome obstacles that are standing in our way. So why is it that when we become our biggest obstacle. We take the time to come up with brilliant ideas for our lives. And we have the most sincere intent to realize our dreams, but then we engineer circumstances that derail us when we, before we even get ourselves a chance to get started. Right. And that's what Mm -hmm. we just touched on is that we all get derailed, but we have to gently move back in and, it's crazy how we get hijacked and we can really mind fuck ourselves yep. quick. Right. Yeah. Um, but you, another quote is that you have decide you have to decide that the lifelong benefits of achieving the goal or dream you are seeking is more important than the three minute thrill of the sugar buzz, the nicotine buzz, or even a negative conversation. You have to decide your vision is bigger than your fears, bigger than your doubts, bigger than even you decide that this minute is the minute when it all changes. And I love how you said, don't wait till Monday, because that is always what you hear after Christmas, after the holidays, I'm going to wait till Monday. My, my last hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very guilty. Um, Cause it's like, I mean, what's the difference with waiting until Monday? You're just procrastinating. <laughs> just, start, you know, just yeah. start the the better habit now. You know, what's one habit you can turn on its head and flip, you know, right now, instead of giving yourself an extra two or three days or a week or, well, this is going on. I'll do it Monday. Yeah. It's and I do, I do think that usually... I mean, that excuse is what we give ourselves, but I do feel that that is also the people in our lives, right? That we feel guilty. Like my boyfriend wants to go out and have pizza tonight, right? It's Friday night. We always go do this. Okay. So I'll wait yeah. till Monday. We, we, we place the blame on others or we let a lot others allow us to make that excuse. And we, 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 you can't, you, you have to stop that that chatter. And you have to say that no one is going to do it, but you, right. Right. Is he going to start with you on Monday? No. Right. Right? Yeah. So So I love how you named that right out of the gate and you even gave direction on how. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just start just doing it. I mean, it's not from a rush perspective or anything like that is breaking that thought and pattern cycle of just put it off, put it off, put it off. Because if you wait till Monday, the intentions are good, but you're just putting it off again. Yep. Well, this came up. Well, that came up. Well, we do this on Friday. Well, 
You can hit the gym or whatever yep. change you need to make Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. It's, you know, magic, the magic Monday chapter. And that's not a magical day, but that's like, I don't know, New Year's resolution or some sort of marketing. I don't know where that came from, but that's a very common, you know, fresh week and fresh start. And I'll just do it on Monday and Monday comes and when you I may not start. Yeah, I think they've even redirected New Year's resolutions, right? Because mm-hmm. they they don't even last till the end of the month. Most people don't no. even last the week. And statistically, you know, that's why people fail is it's these New Year's resolutions. When you start trying to name the goal and set a timeline, you're going to fail. Yeah. But it's it's just day by day, minute by minute. And yeah, the whole chapter was amazing. And I love how you implemented that because so many people guaranteed would read that book and say, I'm going to start Monday. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's Wednesday. Well, I finished Monday. Erica's book. I'm just going to go start this on Monday. But you <laughs> named it. You said, no, you're not. You're going to start it tonight. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're going to yeah. do and don't do it. <laughs> the other yeah. chapter I really loved and is the burning bowl and the circle ceremony. Yeah. I is powerful. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that and how your experience, do you still do that? I do. Um, so if I'm just overwhelmed with like negative thoughts or I feel myself slipping back, you know, backsliding on habits, I, you know, or fears because I'm a pretty anxious person, literally write it down. Do this in a safe space, of course. Like, you don't want to catch anything on fire, but write it down, tear it up, put it in a bowl, and set it on fire and watch it float away. And I'm telling you, like, you feel this lift. You do feel a fog lift. And yes, it's very ceremonial, but it's, I mean, it it works. It really, really works. And then the circle, um, what's going to be in your circle and what's not. And it's just that simple. Uh, so when someone can really first sit down and assess that is the hardest time is the first time because, well, this is my family and blood's thicker than water. You're not obligated to have them in your circle. Right. A lot of my family's family I've chosen versus blood, you know, like close friends or, you know, I met a lot of solid people through fitness um, or jobs, you know, just school, And like you mentioned before, too, like I have a lot of close friends that are closer to me than family members, you know, so but burning bowl is huge. I mean, the negative thoughts, the why me, all that stuff, literally write it down and set it on fire. I'm telling you. So anyone out there, you know, please be in a space where nothing else is going to (laughs) catch. But do give it a try. (laughs) I was doing that burning bowl ceremony she told me about caught the house on fire. (laughs) Um, Erica. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it can probably feel kind of weird at first, but it is legitimately a game changer. Liberating. Yes. Liberating. Yeah. Yep. It's so powerful. I know the kids did a ritual when they were younger. They, they burned some photos of uh, people they wanted out of their life and, I think that was pretty powerful for them too. But um, the illustration, the circle ceremony, did you draw that? Yeah. 
Ada. Oh my god, it was <laughs> I would imagine that your inner child came out and helped you draw that. Yeah. Yep. Like this is what's going to keep you safe and this is what doesn't keep you safe and that's like your inner child coming out. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that inner that inner child is the one that does the most protecting, right? Our our yeah. our inner child and our teenager, man, they they hijack us for protection all the time. But mm-hmm. when I saw that illustration, it was just like, oh my God, that is so adorable. And I could <laughs> see the inner child drawing the stick figure. And, yeah. and then right, then you have your other coming in and doing um who's not allowed in our circle. Yeah. And that is so powerful and such it's almost meditative, right? When you can sit down and see it on paper mm-hmm. and write down those boundaries. So for, you know, when you, when she asked, you know, um, I think about the boundaries, right. What was the question? Um, how do I stop people from hurting me? That would yeah. be, that circle ceremony, right? You put yourself in that circle, you draw yourself, and then you can put those hurtful things onto paper and quote people that said it. So I would, you know, their name, the things they said. And when you see it on paper, you're literally like, holy shit. And you feel the pain all over again. You're taken back to that moment. But the goal of this is you're not going to do it again, right. right? I wrote it out. This is a ceremony that, you know, you dive into detail and that's so, you know, it's, it's great for the um, people that are going to buy the book after they watch this is yeah. she gives you, Erica gives you great directive on the burning bowl and the circle ceremony. And it's so healing and you have to do those things to grow and yeah. you have to do those things to quiet the mind and shut off the chatter and shut down the avatar because that's what's hijacking you is those hurtful things that people say. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's a big scar. It leaves a big scar. Absolutely. Yep. And scars can heal and you have to do the work and that's those ceremonies are the work. And, mm-hmm. um, Another quote is you have to consider yourself, your goals, your dreams, and your ambitions as sacred, as something to protect. And I just said, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's that inner confidence girl, um, that I talked about on Sunday session that if you don't love yourself, no one else will. Yeah. No one else loves your dreams like you do. They're supportive. And I mean, God, you know, when we, when we're blessed with a great partner, great friends, that's the true definition of friends. And we're going to touch on that in a minute, but no one cares about you. No one cares about your dreams like you do. And like we said earlier, people derail us. And I love how you said that, that I'm going to read it again, because you have to consider yourself your goals, your dreams, and your ambitions as sacred and something to protect. Absolutely. All the time. Um, Because once you start on the road towards them, that's when a lot of uh, 
distractions can come. A lot of like rocks can. If it seems like people and scenarios come out of the woodwork and just start chipping and throwing rocks at it, and you're like, "What is happening?" And that's to teach you. Okay, so these people or this scenario or this thought pattern, I got to keep out. You know, like I need to protect what I want to do from this all this crap out here. Right. And sometimes it feels like it, when it rains, it pours, and it's really discouraging. And when it gets hard like that, that's, that's when you really want to work. Because life is just a four in March. So you need to be held back by that and fall back into old patterns or make the change. Yes. Make that change and just treat what you want to do, what you're passionate about as, you know, the Holy Trinity. I mean, that's all you see. That's all you breathe, eat. Um, and what taught me that I, I'm always going to go back to competing because that is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. It, it's it's so and so many naysayers. Oh my god! So many naysayers. Why are you doing that? You can't go out and blah blah blah. And well, don't you want this? Well, don't you want to do that? Don't you just want to skip? You know your workout. I mean, daily, daily naysayers. Or yeah. they try to sabotage you, right? They try to sabotage the diet. Mm-hmm. They try to set you up for failure. They, um, it's interesting. It's the crabs in the bucket syndrome. They're like, oh, holy yeah. shit. She has a goal, but I'm going to keep her from achieving that goal. So I'm going to bring donuts to the workplace. I'm going to bring the pizza for lunch. I'm going to see if I can sabotage and derail her yeah. from her goal. And it's interesting how once you can recognize that that is happening And it's freeing when you can release those people from your life. Yeah. And you don't have to tell them what you're doing because that's you, you, again, you're keeping your dreams and your goals sacred. And sometimes those dreams and those goals are meant to be a secret. Yeah. 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 Just move in silence, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, My mom always gets on my case. She's, she's like, you always just keep people out. You don't say what you're doing. I was like, exactly. I don't really share what I'm doing. because You know, past experiences, when you put it out there, here comes all this outside energy that may not necessarily help you get there. So people will, you know, find out when it comes to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? was going to say you learned from past experience mm-hmm. to not tell people. And that's, that's rewarding too, right? Because- it's, it's your secret. You move in silence and who cares, who cares what yeah. people are thinking, who cares what they think, um, who cares what they say. Yeah. Uh, another quote is going on the friendship. To me, a true friend is someone who was there in your corner unconditionally, one who will accept you just as you are with all your bumps and bruises and all of your baggage. A true friend to me is one who feels safe telling you that you're screwing up when you are screwing up and one who welcomes you to do the same without fear of backlash or hurting feelings. Whether it's time for laughing or for crying, each of you knows the other is always coming from a place of love. Yeah. Rare. So that's my question for you is how many true friends can you say you have in your life today 
and how many of those friends today came and have stayed through your childhood? Oh, through my childhood? Um, from childhood, zero. So the solid friends I met, like, in college. And then uh, moving to Arizona. So when I got into fitness, uh, I, on one hand, and that's Five. being generous. Yeah. Well, like yeah. you said in the book, if you have one, consider yeah. yourself lucky because so many people come and go in our lives and they're all oh, teachers yeah. and it's, you know, they come in, they come out and we are so blessed when we can recognize that it's time to set them free and it's time for them to go on that path. You and I've had this conversation many times about people have come into our life and man, we kicked them the shit to the curb because it got weird. <laughs> shit got weird quick. Yeah, real quick. So it's like, you <laughs> what is <Yeah>. happening? <laughs> but they were great yeah. teachers. They were great yeah. teachers. And, um, but the, 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 the bad thing is when you can't recognize that or you have the intuition that it's happening, but you don't have the courage to set them free. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we've been friends for this long. They're not doing that. The Nile is, it's heartbreaking, you know, but then when the realization comes, that's, that's, that's tough. That is really tough. It's really tough. Like this person was, yeah, unfortunately, you know, you didn't just release them in love, but they got it. Sometimes people just got to go. And that's just a simple answer. They just got to go. That's just it. It's, in my meditation today, my guide was telling us how, you know, so many times it's family members. And mm -hmm. like we said, you feel so guilty because no, it's family, but you can set boundaries and you can set them to the side and decide when that time is going to be best that you interact with them. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the boundary is you don't have to talk to these people. You don't have to make the phone call when they call you, you don't have to answer the phone and you just set those boundaries and you stay consistent because you know that they're coming with typically hurtful words or destructive yeah. ways that are going to derail you from your goals. And family's the hardest, but like you said, friends are hard too. It's, Mm -hmm. We become emotionally attached. We love, we want to be loved and recognizing that this is no longer suiting me. It's, it's sad. Yeah. It's very sad. It's, it's one of the saddest things you'll probably experience multiple times in your life. Um, but you put it in a good way. They're teachers. So again, it's, a lot of times it's a perspective and mindset shift for a lot of, you know, life situations. It's like, you know, uh, what, not what this is doing to me, but for me. And that can ease the blow. I mean, it's still going to be a blow, but then you can see it from a different perspective of like, okay, this season is over. This chapter is over. I learned from them. They learned from me. Now it's time to move on. And once people can adopt that thought process, it can, it can, be a game changer, but you know, and from I, emotional sense, it's still tough. It still can be really tough. I think what helps in my experience is 
thanking them, not to, you don't have to do it to them, but it's almost like you said, you know, you do the bowl ceremony, you do the circle ceremony. You can do a ceremony where you hold them, you have compassion for them, you have gratitude for them and you thank them. And because they did give us a gift, right? They taught us something about ourselves that we've learned from past experiences that that hurt, not going to do that again, but it is so unhealthy to build these heart walls. And when we can recognize what is happening, right? And like the question that came in is how do I stop people from hurting me? It's truly doing the work and it's being hurt and it's learning from past experiences and it's not wanting to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And that's when yeah. we know yeah. we're growing is when we can recognize it right there, right then and say, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Broke my heart. Yeah. Thanks, but no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. For you the and lesson. I have both been through divorces. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. We, we get married we grow apart and it's, they brought gifts to our life and you thank them and, you know, we move on and hopefully they go on and they meet other people and they become successful and they become happy. And that's the gift, right? Because we're all evolving and we're all in this together and we are all Mm -hmm. passing through each other's lives intertwining. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. when we can recognize that, it's gifts. Yeah. Yep. Just again, the recognition, the perspective and mindset shifts are huge. And we go through those experiences to grow in that way and crossing paths with people to help you see, you've helped me see, you know, and those friendships is what you want to hear hold near and dear. Cause I, you know, I thought I had this area of my life figured out or, you know, seeing different scenarios through a different lens but then um you know like you're like well maybe seeing it this way or maybe you know they're a teacher they're not there's and just those little switches those little shifts are huge they're huge when don't you think that that's why there's only this many yes right i mean because there there's there's not many people that we can connect with on a soul level that really, truly nurture the soul. I mean, there's so many people are not meant to be our soul sisters and our soulmates, right? People, so many people think a soulmate is your married spouse. And that's not true. My daughter and I talk about that all the time that soulmates can be, I swear to God that I had a dog that she was, you know what I mean? You're you're, Mm -hmm. connect it, the soul that's a soulmate and you can have many, there's not just one, you know? So it's, I think that's why smart, educated and not really necessarily educated, but I think that's why people that know people that do the work don't have many friends and they don't five five is really, really good. But I think that because we hold them so dear and precious and we are so guarded by who we let in, that I think that's why that saying that you quoted in the book is you're lucky if you have one because. Yeah, not, yeah, it's five is a beefy number for sure, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, if you have that one, like, you know, ride or die, I mean, you're doing good. You're doing mm-hmm. good. And there's a lot of people that think that I have all these friends and it's like, ah. yeah, different yeah. life scenarios come up and then you're going to see like, you know, especially well, positive and negative. Um, the positive scenarios are the shocker because it's like, well, you're not happy for me. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's sometimes when the masks, you know, come off and it's necessary. It's necessary. Um, so and I do think that some really good friends, right. That we all have so many waves in our life that we all skip a beat and that we all go through things in our life that that one friend may, may not be encouraging, or we may not be hearing from them, but they're on their own soul journey and they Mm -hmm. come back in. Right. So a lot of my childhood friends, we separated for my God years and years. I, Mm -hmm. you know, got pregnant, had Christian young, and I was off having babies when they were going to college and doing their thing, but we came back together and it was like, it never stopped, you know? And I think that's the, the the true connection is when you can re-engage after so many years Mm-hmm. Of not seeing each other and that it's just such a gift it is it, that's rare that's another rarity too it's just pick up where you left off and it's like no time went by that's yeah. chef's kiss right there that's the best yeah right, back to quotes back to quotes okay for two years i made excuses i procrastinated lived in fear doubted myself hid under the covers and buried my head in the sand Two whole years were wasted. The universe needs us to step out of our comfort zones, way out and set big, scary goals. So we touched on the mindset of that. I'm going to push forward to today. What, if anything, are you holding back from? Is there any fear in your life right now? That you're like, yeah, shit. No, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sleep on this one. I'm gonna cover and go back to bed. Um. Ooh, you got me, Janine. I. I think. I mean, it was a job change. It was a career change, but that was in April, and I took the leap. That's the most recent I can think of. In the present, I can't think of anything right now. Um, but I had been working. So my previous employer that I worked two jobs, I was paying off debt, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, my friend recruited me to my current position now. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm 40 and it's a career change. And that one I really had to sleep on for sure, for sure, because it was just a huge gamble. Um, it paid off, but uh not anything i can think of right now honestly because i know you're busy right you just had the career shift that was a major learning right we're learning new things doing things you just moved you have a new boyfriend yeah so right it's like is there something that you're like this is going to be my next phase like right now i I was just talking to frank and i'm like i'm at halftime right? 51 mm-hmm. years old. I'm not, I don't know, maybe I'll live to be 102, but you really have to consider I'm at my halftime. 
right? So it's like, what do you want the next half to be? Is there anything that scares the shit out of you that you've thought of that you're like, I want to accomplish this before my time on this earth is over? I used to want to get my master's degree and go back to school and get my master's. Um, My goal used to be uh, to get my PsyD, my doctor of psychology. And once I graduated from with my bachelor's, I was like, I'm done. I can't do any more school. I just cannot. I can't do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I want to continue my education at some point. That could be ten years from now, where I get motivated to do it. I'm still uh, going. I still think you're a um, a teacher. I, yeah, I do. It's going to be <laughs> some form. It's like you said. You have your Facebook group and. Um, yep. Meant to you're meant to guide and to teach and um yeah. Well, with this book, I wanted to do public speaking, like do you know engagements, you know, speaking engagements. And that was one where I hid for sure. I was like, I can't get up there. So myself naked in front of all these people. Yeah. That's oh no, like, opposite. Mm. You're envisioning them in their underwear. Sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. I took that way too far. <laughs> I mean, it'll feel like I'm naked up there, you know, yeah. like it's oh. but um yeah, I used to think, okay, get the book out there and I gotta do public speaking engagements, you know, to to sell it. And I'm like, and I still that's that's scary. That's just that's so that's probably something that um well, bearing so my head in the sand, all, but that's on all levels because public speaking, I believe it's been a long time since I've read this, but that's the number one fear of everybody is getting yeah. up and speaking over death. Think. Yes. Yeah. 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 Over death. People are yeah. more scared to do that than dying. So it's like, oh God, it's, it's terrifying. It is yeah. definitely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even doing my first solo session on Sunday, I was like, oh my God, you know, Mm-hmm. sitting here staring at myself on the screen and it's like oh my god thank god you know i have people engaging because it's it it's hard you're not standing in a front of a room but you know that people are watching and listening and mm-hmm. you know like with you and i right now i can see you and talk to you and that's what i love you yeah. know solo sessions are like good god i got off that and i said um i need to interview more people <laughs> I, I, I want to do solo you're like, I'll, these record. Are I'll record. I don't want to sit there and stare at myself, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the pressure to perform and look and act a certain way, it's all around us. You and I've yeah. touched on it at lunch. It makes us sick. What's going on with social media, yep. the editing apps, they alter the appearances of girls. Yeah. Um, it has truly made self-sabotage much worse than when yeah. you and I were in high school and, you know, when, yeah, we had teen magazine and we had, you know, but we had to go out and purchase that or it was mailed to us. And it, you know, these editions were monthly subscriptions or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's in our face every single day. And these women are so insecure that they're literally editing what they look like. They're editing their bodies into dysmorphia and unrecognizable and it's just heartbreaking to witness it yeah I wanted to touch with that with you because 
how detrimental it is and how it really is just setting up the saboteur to take hold and engage us in so many ways that normally wouldn't. Yeah. It's social media is a blessing and a curse, right? You know, I mean, you can really get your message out there. You have this big platform. You can reach more, you can reach, I mean, instantaneously, but Facetune, Photoshop, all these editing apps, the filters, um, you know, people's going as far as surgery, you know, like altering their body cosmetically. I'm all about do what makes you feel beautiful and confident and all that. But when you're getting into like people don't recognize you because the filters are so just prevalent. And then when people see you in real life, it's like, <laughs> like you're not even the same person anymore because of this pressure that's just out on social media. It's just there. I mean, these perfectly curated photos and content and, you know, everyone just seemingly like they have it all together is people have to remember that social media is a highlight reel. It's not the all day, every day. It is a highlight reel. People share what they want to share, what they maybe want you to think. And it's very, very deceiving, but it's not the full story. Um, And just with the filters and just the altering, I mean, we, I missed, I missed like the old Instagram, you know, and like free Snapchat because people just share their photos and. I think it's going to come back. I know um, Christian does a lot of research in Instagram and he was saying that reels are starting, they're going to start going away and it's going to go back to um, posts and right. Because I think people are just, it's so much information, but if you were writing your book today, because 10 years ago was so different, right? Like you said, Instagram was different. What, what would you put, would you have something in there on social media? Because that is truly, truly your saboteur kicking in high, high speed. When you are editing what you look like, what, I mean, that is truly that inner voice saying you are not good enough to post this image because this is what you see. So to the listeners tonight live and to the replay viewers, what would you put in that book? Social media is a highlight reel. It's the highlight reel. It is not, it's not real. It's just not real. You know, um, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, there are, are individuals and pages that you can connect with that do, you know, quote unquote, keep it real and all that. But, um, I, I need to limit myself on social media. I would encourage just limiting it. Um, it can get just so overwhelming. I mean, TikTok, like I've gone down the TikTok rabbit hole more than I would like to admit. And it's just, you just, just the empty, you just, you know, people overshare and you can just get sucked into it. I would just limit yourself and just remember that this is not the full story. It's a highlight reel. Please don't get sucked into I got to look like that. I, I got to look my life like that. The kids are perfect. The husband is perfect. No, no. And that, yeah, we, we touched no. on that on the inner confidence is, you know, they're not showing you their real life, right? Mm-hmm. They're showing mm-hmm. you the good and they're showing you the edited version. And what I, what I would add 
is that ask the powerful questions of why is it necessary to change my image, right? Who am I trying to please? And how does it make you feel when you're doing it, right? So when you are literally pulling up the app and you're editing the image and you're doing that, what is going through your mind? So if you could stop and ask yourself powerful questions of why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And who am I trying to please, right? Because you know that that image that you're posting or that reel that has been edited, I don't even know if reels can be edited, but I'm sure they can. But Mm -hmm. you know that that is not real. And so who are you trying? You're lying, right? So you are putting up a fake facade and that doesn't feel good. So then it's a snowball effect, right? Because every time you see that image, you're like, I don't know. I don't know what goes through the minds. And it, it breaks my heart because I see some people that I know do it and they look unrecognizable. Um, yeah. Almost cat-like. A couple of them are like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You, <laughs> yeah. like a cat. And they literally their profile image. And I'm like, they think they look good or... I mean, and it's it's just heartbreaking because I just want to know what's in the mindset of why are you doing that? Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it's 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 this, it's that voice in your head saying that you have to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And who do you think is going to see you that you don't want to see you? You know, I. Yeah, I mean, I just miss Photoshop being used by photographers. I know. I, not my so images, accessible. yeah. Yeah, my images, I had photo, I had a professional photographer and yeah, he edited it and made my skin look flawless and, yeah. you know, but this is going above and beyond, right? This yeah. is um, distortion. And yeah. when you see them in person, you're like, whoa, what the hell? This is not right. But it has fucked a lot of people up. It's it's ruining lives and it's heartbreaking. And I'm going to end tonight with a quote that you wrote for me. I recognized my little car was perfect. My little apartment was perfect. I loved my job. I love myself. And from now on, I was going to stop playing until all the height of what I thought the world expected of me and I was going to be happy just being me. And it seems like we are all waiting for those big aha moments, the breakthroughs, the game changers, but we often forget is there a whole lot of little victories on the road to the championship ring. I'm sorry that we forget that there are a whole lot of victories on the road to the championship ring You must master the basics, relish in the simple steps along the way, savor every one of them. If you all of the small things as big ones, because in truth, they really are. And this last sentence is so powerful and so real is tomorrow is not guaranteed. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not, 
we say that sentiment like after someone passes away and we have this, you know, epiphany and all that, but it's not. I mean, uh, I've lost a lot of classmates already, already. And a lot of them at 40 or before 40. I mean, it's so fragile and it's so fleeting, you know, and it's like you are enough. And I don't mean to like, you know, cliche or whatever, but you are, you know, talking about the face tune or yeah. my apartment and a little car and all that was enough and not getting caught up in the minutia of what I think I got to do. Cause you know, looking at Pinterest too much or, you know, social media, these reels, it's just, you're, you're, you're enough. Like you're, you're doing good. You're doing good. And it consumes so much time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's God, it consumes so much time and it's so much time that we can take to have gratitude for the the little cars and the house and the yep. animals that are surrounding us and our children and our partners. And um, someone just wrote in that I have tears in my eyes as you read that last quote. And it it's so true. And I just wanted to say that you are such a gift to everyone listening tonight and to Thank everyone you. listening on the replay. And you're so beautiful. And Thank I've you. been blessed to call you my friend. Yeah. Um, Me too. I'm getting emotional, <laughs> you know, and people come into our lives. And um, yeah, I'm so glad you came into mine. I'm glad you came into mine through fitness. See, I know that crazy ass ass. fitness world that we, we make fun of because there's some crazy people in that fitness world. But oh, yeah. It's a small community, so but you handed my ass and in, in spin. I'm like, I like her. <laughs> and then five years later, yeah. you know. Like, girl, we're doing some Tina Turner today. You're going to yeah, rock like, it. Yes. <laughs> the, the first spin class you took of mine was we did the power of a woman. Yeah. And I was listening to that um, playlist because I still have all my playlists. And I was listening to that and I was like, Man, that was a good ride. Yeah. I love spin. I should sign up for some spin classes. I miss doing that. <laughs> My adrenals don't like it. Really? No, I can't. I have I have to I had to go back to yoga. I get my adrenals get I get um I yeah, I get too I don't know. Yeah. I think you were in the class that time and it was the first time I took the unbowed pre-workout. Remember, I had the out of body experience, and I was like, "What is happening? Yes. That's too much yes. caffeine." And yeah, I was like, "Whatever was... you're taking, I want it." No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love, love you. Um, I, love you. I, I want everybody listening tonight to and on the replay. Be sure to follow Erica um, on Instagram at Erica Snyder One. That's E R I C A S N Y D E R One. And go buy her book on Amazon. Thank you. Yay! Thank it you is, so much, It's Janine. an easy read. It's so easy yeah. to read. It's in layman's terms. It's beautiful. It's real. Yeah. And it's so empowering. And it's the gift that I bring you guys tonight is go on Amazon and buy her book. And, um, how I beat self-sabotage and how you can too. Like I said, it's on Amazon and I love you, Erica. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the moment. Congrats on your podcast. I'm following you. I'm going to share it. Aww. Keep kicking ass. Keep kicking ass. I love it. I'm trying, girl. I love you. I love you. Thank hey, you. Hey, and stay warm in this cold Arizona weather. I'll try. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Bye, Thank guys. You.
If you liked this session today, be sure to register to join us live in the moment. For an updated schedule of events and upcoming guests, be sure to head over to JanineRotter.com and check out the events page or find me on my Instagram at my handle in the moment underscore live. I can't wait to see you in the moment.